This is the discourse for Africa by Africans. The African voice for Africans. The discourse. Thank you for joining me on this podcast, The Discourse. Conversations on The Discourse analyzes major developing news, events and burning issues on the African continent. It examines the state of wellness of Africa, its economies, lifestyles, politics and democracies from experts' point of view. I am Imor and I tweet at Imorich. The call for a reform of the Special Anti-Robbery Squad SARS unit of the Nigerian Police Force is heightening by the day. In recent days, more Nigerians are coming to join in a nationwide protest while those in diaspora have been showing massive support. These include Nigeria's top UFC fighter Israel Adesoya. Today's podcast takes a look at the origin of the hashtag NSARS campaign and the expected outcome of the years-long campaign. My guest, Shagun Awosonya, popularly known as Segaling, is a Nigerian human rights activist. He is known for convening the campaign against police brutality in Nigeria on social media as hashtag NTARS. In this excerpt from an interview with regional broadcaster West Africa Democracy Radio Dakar Senegal, he spoke on what further fueled the campaign. Good afternoon and thank you for obliging us this interview. Thank you very much. The call for uh, either to ban or reform SAS units in Nigeria has been on for some years now. Now, what makes this particular uh, campaign quite different from every other ones we've been seeing? Yeah, um, the call for the end of SARS, a form police NG, as simplified with an hashtag, is quite a complicated concept which we made simple or simpler for people to be able to understand what we are contending with in Nigeria, especially with police brutality. It is not just about police brutality with the totalitarian state per se, it is more about the lack of discipline with the police structure, the lack of uh, professionalism in this act in the means through which they were recruited, and also a lot of other plagues that came from the military days of military wars is the kind of foundation our policing has, especially at common with the different African nations, which was a child of necessity for imperialists, you know, in order to uh, have a clear path in ruling the people, because mm. the police then were structured and created to protect them from the people, and that has not really changed. Uh, when they left, the new, the local imperialists became the owners of the uh, uh, monopoly of violence instruments of the state, which is the police, the closest authority to the people. But what is unique with our situation now is that the police have become law to themselves, only generally, because of this indiscipline and what I will call the culture of impunity. So that was one of the reasons why we felt. Before now, before 2017, it was very difficult for people to come out to complain to the police or to complain about police brutality because, in actual fact, that was Shagun Awosonya, popularly known as Segalink. Who are you going to go and report to the same police officers who are acting as though they run a cult organization, an organized crime syndicate, 
who will be well willing to admit to you uh, mortal retribution for actually reporting a crime done by their colleagues based on camaraderie. So this is, these are the things that we saw that we now felt that, look, there need to be uh, an institution or an organization that can build a bridge or be the bridge in between that institutional gap between the people and the police. In other words, the public and the police. Under normal circumstances, in civilizations where things work, where law and order and rule of law is fundamentally upheld, uh, the police are the public and the public are the police. But that is not the case with us. So what is one of the reasons why we're saying we need to shut down. That's a lot of study of the uh, of the plots of the system. We were able to drop a map, gather data, and then begin to know how to engage strategically across uh, uh, platforms. In other words, we're engaging the judiciary, the executive, all arms of government, while we're carrying the people along using social media as a vehicle. So over the years, we're able to build the confidence in the people, created the necessary political will, and through a lot of interventions, you know, at our cost, to be able to build that confidence, be able to report. So with the report, we're getting, we got to understand the system better and the uh, hotbeds within Nigeria. And then with that, we're able to open the eyes of the police, of the authorities themselves, to the ills in the system. And then it led to some other internal collaborations with birth, the complaint response unit, you know, taking calls based on the direction from us to them. Because we don't want to create any separate silo that will begin to translate to... Uh, the struggle of, 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 of with power, with authorities, that we're trying to create something else that will make that will blacklist the police. So we're actually strengthening strengthening this institution and then making them more accountable. And with the legislation that will facilitate it, and um, in collaboration with other organisations, mm-hmm. we've been able to have uh, the police reform bill, which is now called the Police Act 2020, and also the Police Reform Bill, which eases the democratization of the operations of the police in Nigeria. So well, we are actually okay. more or less almost out of the woods, you know, uh, uh, legislatively, almost out of the woods, uh, authoritatively, as far as the government of the day is concerned. But as it were, the police are yet to get the direct um, order from the president to do the needful as far as ending the culture of impunity by, by shutting down the taxi passport, which represents the hub of impunity of the police as you see today. Well, just like you have mentioned before now, it was quite difficult for many Nigerians to uh, come out and complain about uh, police brutality, especially um, coming from uh, officers of the Tatkal unit uh, known as SARS. What do you think really aggravated the anger that we are seeing in the past uh, few days across Nigerian cities? All right. There will always be... Um the last straw that breaks the camel's back. For many years now, for, from 2017 downwards, the people have been eager to take to the street to complain about this. But we, as an organization, and I'm talking about Social Intervention and Advocacy Foundation, otherwise known as the NSAS movement, have been educating Nigerians you know, about the activities of the things that we're doing. We have actually made them understand that there's actually a difference between activist, activism and advocacy. Even though all activists, all advocates are activists, but not all activists are advocates, you know, and meaning that the government will not engage protesters, mm. really. They will not enter dialogues with you. They will not sit down with you and make policies. They yeah. will actually do that with advocates yeah. who understand the rules of engagement. 
So with that, we don't want a case where people who are just using, uh, expressing their discontent alone will take to the streets, thereby risking being hijacked and then, you know, for crimes to be committed and for you to punish the entire traction of the campaign. So we're able to stem that type for quite a while, you know, until now when um, the people know that there is a law, actually, that to reposition the police for transparency and accountability, to uphold fundamental human rights, and also to collaborate with credible organizations out there mm. with needed experience that the poli- and collaboration that police need to win trust of the people because they cannot uh, police Nigeria alone. No country does it alone. You need to engage the people. In, in the UK, in Nigeria, they believe that you need politics upon to police people, and it's not necessary. Mm. So we are beginning to explain, ex- expose them to principles uh, of uh, community policing, which is far from their own interpretation of community policing, and also the principle of intelligence-led policing, which has to do with it, a lot with trust. Now, what led to the um, outcry and the protest, uh, the street protest, was the blatant uh, insensitivity of the police um, structure. By Rather than for them to show understanding, show empathy, and let them know that, look, we are engaging the new uh, authorities, mm-hmm. uh, sorry, uh, civil society organizations yeah. on this dialogue, and we are moving forward, and we are mm-hmm. making progress. We as police authorities cannot reform ourselves. Mm. It doesn't lie with us. We are only taking instructions. Mm. And we are also for you. We are part of you. To protest, we have a lot of things that is pent up in, in us. We can't ex- express it. And you are doing that for us. So we, are, we can't attack you for that. We can't fight you for this. But you understand us too, that we are with you on this. But just don't break down law and order because we have strict instructions. So the, that could have been their response. But their response thus far, because that's why they are still a bidding time, mm. is to um, insult our intelligence mm-hmm. by digging up protocols that we have put in place that are two years old that they, that is uh, mm. that were mm. suggested and put forward two years ago mm. all over again, just with the hope that they will shut us up and they will continue their business as usual. And also, they came out blatantly to say we cannot enter, which means. We are here to reinforce the culture of impunity and we cannot stop it. Or which means we are benefiting from the culture of impunity and we are helpless about it and there's nothing we can do. They know the problems. Mm. We, 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 we share data together. We do interventions together. They know the problems we're dealing with. We needed to have been sincere about that to say, look, we are familiar with the issues. We have even of recent, based on your complaints, yeah. to show that we are listening. We have shut down several tactical squads because of extortion, because mm. of abduction, mm. because of uh, impunity, and because of extrajudicial killing. Yeah. So these are these are some of the things that a responsible and transparent police system ought to have taken into consideration, you know. But they did not do that. And what they did was they were understanding, and the people had to respond to show that look, our our being lawful does not mean that we don't know our rights. It does not mean that we don't know what the constitution empowers. Mm does not mean that we cannot take to the street and remain there until we hear what we want to hear. But and if, that's exactly yeah, what it, it's... If I may just quickly ask you this, um, the situation in Nigeria seems a little bit divided. Um, there are some people in some quarters who are saying that the disbandment of uh, SARS unit uh, may worsen the uh, crim- criminal cases in Nigeria and uh, f- you know bring the armed robbers because they have been able to uh, put the armed robbers and other criminal elements at bay uh, 
So people are saying a reform would have been better. But what do the people really want? Do they want a total scrapping of the uh, SARS tactical unit or a reform from the higher hierarchy as it is? In Nigeria, you have to be very careful with the way you throw words around. The word reform, restructure, community policing even, and mm. several other ones. I mean, make sense to somebody who is exposed, who is enlightened. Yeah. They mean something else politically. Okay. So, which is one of the reasons why you must not agree to things based on terms and rhetoric. There are so many examples of political pontification and political pronouncements within the system that has fooled us that have, you know, taken us about, you know, many for many years. They have they've been talking about reforms for as long as ever, you know, and nothing has happened. And to them, reform will be to direct an order to the police for them to shift some things around. It has never been a reform anyways. You don't let the change uniform move furniture around and the rest. So those who are saying reform stars or so and so probably must have fallen for the propaganda and probably does not have the grounding and understanding of the work that has been done in the background from 2017. Mm. The government cannot say they want to reform something and not end it. They know what we're talking about because they have the data, they have the information. If we release half of the data that we have publicly, Nigeria will burn based on the crimes of the police, based on the kinds of things that we see on a daily basis. Well, we have the lines that people call for help on a daily basis. We're yeah. not police officers. We are just ordinary citizens running an organization in order to ensure that our children don't inherit this madness. So it is not about reformation of anything. It is about reformation of the entire police, holistically, and the shutting down of the tactical squad that is out of their purpose. I had wanted so to Nigerians ask... Nigerians are not divided yeah. in that sense. And again, if you again to say that, then there will be uh, a working piece of. I think that's a fallacy because uh, what is the what is the staff strength of the first operation? It's not of the ten thousand nationally. What is the staff strength of Nigerian police? It's about four hundred thousand. Yeah. So, even if you take out the hundred and fifty that are VIPs and the rest are following VIPs and the rest, you have over three hundred fifty staff strength of police. Are you saying three hundred fifty people? are taking taxpayers' money and business and they cannot fight crime? Hmm. How do they get into the police? Hmm. Are, they, are they tax collectors? Are they bankers? They have their police officers. They have the requisite training to engage crime and the rest. Tactical and soldiers of, of the police and the SWAT team, they need not be ubiquitous. They need not be doing uh, 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 police work. They need not be prosecuting crime. They are arresting officers. They ensure that they foil crime before they happen and they, they also engage crime when they are already yeah, in progress. Yeah. So they are not meant to be seen, they are not meant to be used for what they are being used for today. Mm. And if you look at the components and the constituents of the people within the system, most of them are thugs. Most of them are committing crime with this. And like I said, the fact that we use SARS as a poser does not mean that we are talking about SARS alone. Yeah. Every single tactical squad we have out there. Because it started with three major, with one. The one that started in the year uh, 1992. Mm. And by 2002, they have become derailed from the original purpose. They expanded themselves. From SARS, we now have social anti-kidnapping, mm. social anti-cultism, based on the complexity of society and the mm. kind of crimes that we're having. Then before you know it, zonal, um, uni, uh, zonal uh, division, uh, I mean, the zonal unit started creating their own anti-this and that. Then before you know it, uh, the ones that the area commands and started doing their own. Before you know mm. it, even divisions now mm. have a set of police officers that remove their uniform and go out and to commit crime to abduct people mm. for money. Yeah. And by the end of the day, the victims don't know the difference. Mm. It's just like the case of um, 
In Nigeria, you know, the detergents that have the the that are the most uh, ubiquitous gets to own the noun of that particular field. For yeah. example, you want to buy a detergent, for example, you say go and buy soft. Yeah. Anything that falls in that one, any brand that is mm. a detergent is called soft. Yeah. Not that they don't have their individual yes. brand name. Yeah. But because soft is the most prominent. Mm. The same way, because SAS is the most prominent in the tactical squad, everybody that is all wearing uniform that commits a crime is called SAS. So which is why most of the time the noise on SAS are much. And that's why we use it as a poser to say end SAS, because that's what people are familiar with, which means stand end impunity. So it's not just about SAS. Even the police themselves in their normal division have issues and have cover of this thing. But like I am saying, it is there. To remove, first remove the cause of the problem. It's because we have a group of people who have the right to get licensed, you know, without justice, because of the nature of their job, without proper prosecution. You know, that's one of the reasons why the other sets of other arrangements are creating themselves a nuisance in the society to do the same. So this is why we need to end that and restructure the whole thing to suit the 21st century policing techniques and principles, you know, to be able to save lives. That's exactly what we're saying. And nobody can argue with that. You can't hear all this at uh, the depth of this kind of discussion and mm-hmm. keep mm-hmm. telling yourself reform side. What are you reforming cancer for? Mm-hmm. Cancer is cough. What should we be expecting in the coming yeah. days? Because uh, from what we have been monitoring, the protests in Lagos is gathering momentum. We also understand that the police in Abuja uh, use tear gas and uh, gunshot to disperse uh, peaceful protesters today. What should we be expecting coming out from cities in Nigeria in the coming days? In the coming days, I'm I'm expecting a positive. Um, Thank you very much, Professor, of, for joining me on the podcast. The, uh, the viral the video of Doctor Stella has certainly caused some division as to what can be used in the treatment of COVID nineteen. What is the standpoint of the Guild of Medical Directors on the importance of shutting down? So I don't really have. We're not begrudging the police with all the campaigns. We know that they are there to take orders, they don't have a mind of their own per se, you know, and they are, you know, we understand all those things, you know, and I know that in the next few days, the states where, actually, if looking at the data, mm. the states where police impunity, brutality, abductions, extortion, and the rest are rife are the states where they are attacking uh, peaceful protesters. Ranging from Lagos to Rivers to Delta to Edo, mm. Bini City, those are the hotbeds of corruption mm. in terms of the police as far as I'm concerned and mm. as far as data is concerned and as far as police themselves know from the data that we share. So these are the hotbeds. So it is beginning to tell where these things are stemming from. There's no point uh, where a police officer or a senior police officer or a CP who is receiving returns you know, mm. from these criminal gangs, these organized crime syndicates, who is want to be able to fight uh, the source of his own income. He has the duty to want to at least to protect them. Spending the time, he can really say, ah, we got the presidential order, there's nothing I can do anymore. But right now, they still feel that they, they owe it to whatever it is that they, they are loyal to, to at least try to protect what they have. And I see no reason why they will do this brazenly by committing an offense against the Constitution, against the Police Act, which says that um, fundamental human rights is paramount and sacrosanct. So we accept that these cities would take responsibility based on vicarious liability, you know, for all the people that must have been wounded, harassed, or incarcerated just by protesting peacefully. Thank you very much for your time and for talking to us.
Thank you very much.